And Gary Neville responded instantly. He said, but I've got so much more to say on this subject. I found lots of people like that. It, 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 it's a rivalry of such intensity and emotion. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The OTB Football Roadshow in association with Cadbury FC. You're both very welcome. How can you not love Ian Wright? Oh, we love him. We love him. <laughs> Part of the family now. We were saying we're screwed after right. He's just absolutely <laughs> nailed it. Everyone's laughing and we're going to bring he it right down. He should have been down. on last. <laughs> yeah. No, Thanks, Righty. Don't say screwed, Kaz. <laughs> you stay in puff for the whole thing. Mm. We're all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's great to have you here. Obviously, women's football at the moment. Karen, it's in a good place. Yeah, amazing. Uh, especially after the Euros as well. Um, everything was smashed. Record attendances. Um, perceptions changed. Um, you know, and obviously, from, from an England perspective, it, it went really well for us as well. But I think probably, I know it's a bit cheesy, but I actually think women's football won um, as a whole. And the audience was amazing. And um, it couldn't have gone any better, really. So good. And the football was brilliant. Yeah, it sort of felt like we talked about the tactics. We talked, to, you know, about the skill level. You know, it wasn't about women's football. It was just about football. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's what we always want to happen. I know Ian's a massive supporter and an ally for that and kind of helps see it as football, and that's what we want. But I thought the, sometimes when you come out of the game, you, there's been a journey for women's football. You're a bit nervous as to how it's taken and perceived because it is still growing, and you know we, are, we have been behind historically. We can't deny that, but you know, even myself, I forgot I played. I actually just loved it as a fan. I went to games as a fan, went with jerseys, sat back and watched it and learned stuff as well. Um, it was just so refreshing and um, completely fell in love with the audience, the crowd, the yeah. fans, the atmosphere. Um, it just could not have gone any better. Yeah. It's amazing how far it's come. You won a Champions League together. I'm sure uh, you need no reminding. I was just looking at the attendance figures, Emma. It was a two-legged final, I think, and it was like 3,000 and 6,000 at those games. And that was huge for us back then. Was it? Given those numbers. Um, yeah, I mean, when we were playing, when we won the Champions League, uh, I remember we were training one time before the, the final, and a coach load of journalists uh, rocked up and got off the bus and we were all like, what's going on? I mean, I say a coach, so there's about 30 people and we're like, why are they here watching us train? And there's a lot of Irish journalists on there as well because obviously we had the Irish girls. And um, they were like, we're here for you, we want to interview. And we were like, what's going on, why? Because <laughs> it's a Champions League final, but we weren't used to it. Yeah. Do you know, we weren't used to people wanting to watch us train and stuff like that. So we were all kind of like, our manager was going mad because we were completely distracted. And we were like, oh, there's your man, James. Remember we seen him at the last? <laughs> so our manager was like, right, that's it. You lot need to go over there and all this kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's just grown so much. It's exploded. Yeah. And um, you have to look at what the, the federations around the world have done to support that, particularly the FA. I know we don't like talking about the English and the FA in, in, in good terms. But they actually have done an amazing job. They've done a brilliant job supporting the, the women's national team and club football. You know, they were paying players, their own players, the English players, to, to train in their clubs. They were giving them contracts. Uh, Kaz will be able to explain that a bit more, better than me. Mm. But they were giving them salaries, which allowed them to train more, brought up the standard, standard for us as well. The English players brought our standards up. And um, you just have to look at them, the federations and stuff, for 
making that happen. Yeah. It's five years now since you, and I was even just looking at the picture again, you're very much in the centre leading the group. It's five years since you and the Irish team said enough is enough to the FAI. You think about the journey in the past five years. If you guys hadn't done that, we probably wouldn't be as far along. How do you reflect on that now? Because at the time, it clearly needed to be done. and It was still a big step, though. Um, I mean, it just was the right time and the right place for me personally to do it. I knew I was going to retire, so... I just, I just didn't want to leave it in the state it was. And it was, what the difficult thing was, was trying to get all the girls to support it because they were young players. They had a very long career ahead of them. And they were getting threats from certain people mm -hmm. that if they did do this, if they stood up, if they were with myself and Anya, that they'd never play for Ireland again. Like, that was really difficult. So actually, they, they had a much more difficult time than I did because I was retiring. Yeah. You know, you could threaten me with that, but I was like, what well, does it matter? I'm going to retire next month anyway. But it was difficult for them. Like, you have 16-year-olds, their parents were getting wrong, saying, you know, you need to convince your daughter not to do this, all this kind of crap going on behind the scenes. Wow. Um, so for me, it was quite easy. I, the, I mean, we never got to a major tournament. We didn't win that many games. <laughs> um, so this is one thing that I, I wanted to leave, saying we actually did something and we're going to change things for the, the younger girls coming up. And a lot of the players had that mentality. That's how we convinced them. It's for the younger, the next generations. Mm. And yeah, they all stuck together. Yeah. Wow. You, that's, I, I, didn't, um, I didn't quite realise that players' parents were being wrung with those threats, so you must have had to reassure everyone, let's do this, this is the right thing to do. Or? It, I mean, afterwards, we were just exhausted. Yeah. I didn't pick up my phone, not even to me ma. <laughs> I was like, my phone's going off, no more conversations. Um, because we had to keep trying to convince them. Few would drop out, trying to pull them back in. 60% might say no, trying to get 10%, 20% back in. And there were a lot of people behind the scenes. It wasn't just me and Anya. It was the PF, PFA as well, PFAI. Yeah. Um, who are working really, really hard behind the scenes. So, you know, to get everyone together, um, and Roy Keane actually rang me, that's one thing he said. <laughs> I was in the airport, actually I did pick up the phone, and it just so happened to be Roy Keane on the phone. And he basically said, you know, I tried to do this, and no one followed me, basically. <laughs> and he was like, so I have to commend you guys for keeping everyone together. I know how hard that was to get everyone together and to go in together, so... He was like, well done for that alone. So he was kind of like a little bit jealous of how he did it, I think. <laughs> and just for context of what went on and why you done this. So you were changing from gear in the, in the airport. You were giving the gear back to the underage girls, the funding itself, how you're getting paid, not getting paid, not getting expenses, that sort of thing. Yeah. What was the extent of it all? Well, like, it's funny because everybody is talking about the tracksuits in the toilets. I actually didn't care about that, to be honest. I just wanted to get rid of them and get home. Um, for me, it was watching our surrounding neighbours doing better, getting better support, becoming a better team than us. Whereas when I first started playing for seniors, we were beating Scotland, beating with no problem. Like that, right. Those were easy games. Never, they wouldn't play us, so we don't know how we would have got on with them. <laughs> Never played England. Never. That's mad, isn't it? No, we didn't actually. No, they're afraid of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
Uh, and I don't blame them. <laughs> we wouldn't have played football, we just would have been able to kick them around the back. Um, but it was just seeing the other teams getting better than us, and it was simply because... It wasn't even about... It was about money. It's always about money. Their, their federations were supporting them, as in, you know, supporting the clubs, which allowed their players to train more. They had better facilities. Just, you know, the grassroots stuff of football, we weren't getting that, and we were falling behind. And I had to go into these lot in Arsenal, and, and they were slagging us, like, for drawing with Wales or drawing with a... Oh, a don't I, wasn't <laughs> No, can't say you were, Kaz, but everyone else was. So we were just getting sick of it, and yeah. we were getting sick of players not being able to come training because they had work, or they couldn't come to an international game because they had taken all their holiday leave. Like, just silly little problems that could be fixed easily that was really getting on our nerves. And every time we went in, and I had become captain, I can't remember when, but um, I remember Kira retiring, and I became captain, and I just became more aware of things, because when I wasn't captain, I, I was just like, I just want to play. I don't care about anyone else, I just want to play. And when I became captain, some of the girls were coming to me and upset that they couldn't come to the next training camp. And I was like, right, that's it. We have mm. to, we have to change enough. this. Mm-hmm. So we knocked on doors. We got promised certain things. It was like as if they were just like entertaining us at the meetings. So that was it. Had enough. Yeah. And at that point, Karen... At that point in, in England, what was it like at that point? You obviously could see what was going on in Ireland. Was it similar or were you well, far ahead? I, I lived with another Irish player, actually, at the time, so I, I did understand uh, what was going on, but um, there was clear, obviously, differences between what we were getting and what Ireland were getting, and um, it wasn't fair and it wasn't right, and I think it's always hard for the first, like Emma, to, to stand up and be brave and say, no, it's wrong, enough's enough. And Emma was right, a lot of the players were under big pressure. Um, and that is a really, really brave thing to do. And they, you know, Emma in particular, and the rest of the team, they deserve a lot of plaudits for that, for changing and making, you know, changing history, really. And that is so brave and should not go unnoticed. Mm. Um, and like I said, I live with another island plan and knew how difficult it was, but you've made a change, you should be really proud, and um, that's what this is all about. Could you imagine if... Um... <laughs> could, could you imagine if the, um, if the men, when, when Roy Keane got, he got hammered for that by people, if, if, the, if the men followed him at that time, what might have changed for them? You know, because that's what it comes down to. Someone has to be brave enough. In the end, Roy was on his own. And that's why he probably phoned you, because... If he does that, things change. So they they, they players, didn't come out with him. Players were going to yeah. him. Like he said, players were going to him. The same type of thing that happened with me. And that's what got him so wound up about the whole thing. It wasn't just for him, obviously not. Mm. I mean, it's mad. we're only talking five years ago. This sounds like something yeah. from 30 years ago. Like, it is extraordinary. <laughs> your time at Arsenal together, you would have been very young joining Arsenal, Karen. Like you made your debut for Birmingham at 14. Yeah. And then joined Arsenal still as a teenager. Yeah, uh, yeah, 18, I went there and I was petrified of Emma. <laughs> no, the thing was, I played for Birmingham and at 17, I got sent off against Arsenal. And so I kind of started on the, the wrong foot, so I turned up to pre-season. Oh, we loved you because of that. <laughs> oh, that's all right. And, um, but I turned up to pre-season a bit nervous because I'd got sent off against Arsenal. And, um, but they were brilliant. And um, I, I, I quite like that, that once you're in the group, they're protected you, you're one of their own. And... Um, you know, it was great, and 
Um, Emma was really cool in that. I think the first time I, I went there, Emma put me up because I was only young, didn't know where to go and stayed with you on the first weekend and made me feel really settled. So um, I'll always remember that. Yeah. You were there for such a long time, Emma, 2000 to about 2016, 17 territory, won a gazillion trophies. Uh, the Champions League was in 07. <laughs> were Arsenal more progressive ahead of the curve during your time there or what was the reason for the huge success? Yeah, I mean, I just, I think it was the club itself. It's such a massive club. Um, right, you can speak to me about that. I missed you by, I think, two years, right? You went in 98. Um, but we also had great support. Like, David Dean was a huge advocate for women's football. That was a massive thing. He was the boss, like. Right. And he supported us massively. And, of course, Vic, our manager, was their kit man. <laughs> so we used to get loads of little perks. Like, we'd have all the kit and everything. We got their shirts, signed shirts. And, you know, there was just loads of really good links with the men's side, which is really important, which is what every club's trying to improve on now. We always had that because of Vic, our manager, and because of David Dean, uh, who was massive for us. And we just, you know, right from the start, we were involved in the club. We were under that umbrella. We were you know, at the training ground. It was just a very, very professional setup. It wasn't perfect, like, don't get me wrong, looking sure. back now, but at the time, it was amazing. So I think it was just the people in the club that support the women's team was a massive factor. And Ian, would you have known the Arsenal girls, when, say, when you were playing? Would you have known when yeah. they were playing? Would you have yeah, talked Vic, to them? Vic, yeah, Vic would come in and tell us the scores, what's happened. I remember I used to... <laughs> Bump into people like Alex Scott a lot because she used to do the, the laundry with Jean. Remember Jean upstairs? I did the laundry as well. You do, I was laundry. the first laundry lady. You were the first laundry lady. I didn't wash any of your knickers, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're still tiny. <tied> yeah. <laughs> but like, it was, um, it was something that Vic Akers used to t- tell us about, and we used to see, we used to see him always doing his stuff for the, for the girls. You know what I mean? It was brilliant. And, and, and you're right as well. Um, in respect of, like, David Dean. He's such a staunch advocate for women's football. And it's the same thing with myself. I, I, I love football, you know. People always say to me, what? How come you're such an advocate for women's football? I, I love the fact that the women are playing, and I love football, so the women are playing it. So I'll support it. So, you know, Karen mentioned about being, an, um, being a supporter of it. You, you have to. Because as, as tough as my, my story was to try to get into football, there was no juncture where I was stopped from playing football. There was nothing like, you know, like, like, like the women and their families they had to drive them all over the place just to get to play football. That was something that we didn't even need to worry about. So when you see this, this generation of women and they've won the, the Euros like they have, the stories, the backstories of how they got there, it's amazing. Well, obviously, we get BBC over here and you were on the coverage and made the point after one of the games, and I think there were like 10 million people watching that night, where you were saying, we've got to get... Uh, football in PE available in our schools for girls. I, it, I didn't quite know what you were referring to. It was only afterwards I looked in and realised that this huge percentage yeah. of school girls today don't have access to football in PE. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, those are the things that... You, if you've, you've got a, a Euros in your own country and the girls go to... After the Euros, like, we, we won it, and you, you, you go to school on Monday or Tuesday and you want to play football because you've just been inspired by what the ladies have just done and you still probably can't do it because they haven't got the facilities or they haven't got the teachers or they haven't got a way to do that, then why have we had that there? It, didn't make, it doesn't make no sense. If, if nothing comes of the fact that we've won that and then it goes into grassroots and 
there's more access for girls. I know Barclays are doing something by 2024 to try to make sure mm. that PE is in every single school. Now, that should be something that should be just really mm -hmm. fast forward. It needs to get better coaches into the women's game because remember, the women's games was 50 years, bam, just stopped just because a bloke wanted it stopped because they were getting great audiences in 1921 when they were, you know, working in factories. And then they just stopped the game. So the, the, the women's game is playing catch up. Right, and this is why what's got to happen now is that I don't know where they're going to get, but they've got to pump money back into the women's game and make, get better coaching, academies for girls, more teams into the WSL. You know, these are the things that should be happening off of the back of this. And what I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen is I'm not going to let them sit around um, the, the, the FA and that and, and just like, let it just simmer down. They need to now make sure that the WSL, they make it easier for, the, for people to go to games. They've got the Man City Arsenal game I saw, seven o'clock Sunday night, live on Sky. Mm. How's that encouraging people to go to yeah. watch games? And they want people to watch games. So those are the things that, you know what I mean? I just make sure that every now and then they just know that I'm just going to say something to put it right out there. And they get really, you know, then you see them getting in touch with my manager. Um, is Ian, yeah, we just wonder if he could come in for a meeting. And I say, I'm coming come for no meetings. You know what I mean? Because what they want to do is, they want, to, they, want to try, they want to try and just get you to just like, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. So you say, oh, okay, they, they, they want to kind of stop you or press yeah. you from speaking. So I always just say, no, 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 I'm not going to be thinking. So I just blast it out. And this is why winning the Euros is they, they cannot sit on their laurels. They've got to do something. They have to do more. Yeah. Absolutely. And just when we talk about it, that it wasn't as accessible even back when you would have started out, Karen. Out of interest, how did you actually get involved with football to begin with? Um, my big sister, who uh, unfortunately I'll say it, she's 12 years older than me, she loved football but didn't have any opportunities to play. Um, so she kind of went into coaching and became a referee and coached a grassroots team. For, uh, she had them from under 12s all the way to first team and she went and coached America and brought me back a Mia Ham jersey. Um, so I was inspired for quite a young age and then that because of her American kind of um, knowledge then I knew about Kelly Smith playing in America and that's probably my first female role model and Rachel Yankee but um, my sister really and I was really lucky that both my parents were open-minded and encouraged it and but again it was really difficult well, we've got a daughter who has got an appetite for football, we don't want to stifle that, but where do we take her, how do we encourage this, how do we nourish this a little bit, and, and you have to go and actively find things, as Ian said, it's not easy to go and find clubs, it's not easy to be in an environment, and you know, when I was playing with the lads, I was last on the, the first day, but then first on the second day, and, um, but yeah, I think it was mainly down to my big sister, and I, f I feel for her, actually, um, and I look at it like three generations, so she's 12 years older and then my niece is, you know, 15 years younger and the change between all three generations of us is massive, but I, I, I proper feel for my big sister because she absolutely loves football, coached referees, grassroots, just never had a chance. And yeah. she told me a story recently, which is why I love what Wright is doing and Barclays, what they're doing. She, she, a school went to her and said, oh, who plays football? And she thought, right, this is the time we're going to get a girls' team. She put her hand up and they went, you'll be great in goal at hockey then, won't you? <laughs> and she was... <sighs> and she, yeah. so she never got to play. So if I'm to do her any justice, we'll get it right. 
because oh. I just feel for her. And the way I see it is, I owe it to her and I owe it to my niece as well. You know, I owe it to people like Emma and Wright as well. But you know, fighting for things and making sure that it's right. And it wasn't that long ago she couldn't really have the opportunities to play, and we have to keep oh. talking about this and making sure that we can make it possible in the Euros was brilliant but that like right he said it's the that's the catapult now but we've got to keep Has going to keep going mm. mm-hmm. yeah. brilliant and Karen we're, um, we're very familiar with Emma's career obviously your career I mentioned Birmingham at 14 and then Arsenal as a teenager and Chicago for a year and then back to England and you played for Chelsea and Birmingham again yeah. and 144 times for England as well I saw you say that by the end Mentally, you were done. Physically, you could have gone on, but mentally, you were just done with the game. Yeah, I think I'd done nine back-to-back tournaments, and I was just like, you know, I was in at 17 and started at 14, and I just couldn't keep, couldn't keep really going. And I think once the fire in your belly kind of goes, um, then that's really time to move on. And um, I, th- I just, I just pretty much thought um, I've had a really good career, but you know, if, say if you live to 100, touch what you do, but football. You know, it was only a small part of your life and, you know, you've got a large part of your life that you want to live and, mm. um, and I enjoy what I do now and making change in that aspect as well. But I had a great career, no regrets, played with some amazing people, did some amazing things, but everything has to come to an end. Yeah, and you had no regrets, you didn't, like, was it a, it sounds like almost burnout at the end a little bit. Yeah, I'd say a couple of times a burnout, again, because of resources, we didn't really have that and, you know, we had to do a lot of things on our own, but... Um, yeah, I, it was just time, and I'd had, like I said, uh, no regrets really. Yeah. I don't think we should ever really look back. Only learn from those lessons, but I don't regret anything. Yeah. Did it, how did you two find retirement? Every time I go to a football <laughs> ground now, um, or you go to an England game, um, once the crowd and the buzz, you, you want to play. Mm. You know, you, you want to play in the big games, and I, I will always miss that. I miss scoring goals. I miss celebrating in front of fans. I miss that. That will never, ever be replaced by anything else, ever. Mm. How did you find it, Emma? Were you done and happy to step away? Or? Um, I was. I was done. It was the right time as well for me. Not only was I not able to tie my own laces in the morning, but <laughs> the, the goalkeeper, finally a goalkeeper came along that was better than me. <laughs> I mean, I was there for so many years. But as well as that, all my close, close mates had gone three or four years prior to that. This new generation came in, a completely different generation. And the last season for me was about just keeping my head above board, just keep going, and and then that was it. Because it's just different when all your mates are gone, Mm. different mentality. It's quite an individual sport. I found the, the team togetherness, had changed, the dynamics had changed, whereas when we were playing, we'd kill for each other, it was about the team, it's not even about the manager, it was nearly mm. just us together and everyone else yeah. apart. And the next generation was a little bit different, it was about themselves. And I get it, that's how it is, just a little bit different. And I was like, that's it, I'm mm. done, mm. time to go. Mm. And a completely side note, how did you actually end up in goals? Because it's not the first place when you go out onto a pitch that you're like... I have two brothers that are bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> they put you there. <laughs> so what, they and they put made you there. me stand and go where they pelted the football at me. <laughs> In my hallway, not even on a pitch. <laughs> it's funny because, Karen, you talk about your sister, Ian, you talk about the teacher, you talk about your brothers. It just shows how important it is to have that person that sort of believes and 
you know? Oh yeah, and, and my, one of my best mates, Ma, was the manager. And I wasn't allowed in her house unless I trained with the team. So <laughs> if I wanted to get into Mandy's house, I had to go and play for Leagues of United. That's one way to get me there. <laughs> uh, we do have a special guest. We're kind of hoping this works, I suppose. Uh, she is going to join us uh, via Zoom. You can give her a big welcome and we're, we think she'll see us and we'll see her and it'll uh, work very well. She is a legend. She is the Irish captain. I think she could be Ian Wright's favourite Arsenal player. Yeah. Will you give a warm welcome, please? <laughs> we have Katie McCabe. Woo! Hello. Hello. Can you see me okay? Yes, we can see you. Okay, good. Once you can hear me, that's all right. Can you hear Vicker Street behind us? You can? I can indeed. <laughs> Ian Wright, let's embarrass Katie for a second. How good? Unbelievable player. Like, you're right. You know, I love, obviously, I love all the Arsenal players, but I'm, I've watched Katie a few times, especially at Boreham Wood, and she, she plays how I'd want my left back to play. It's very swashbuckling, you know, scores great goals, you know, flies into tackles, you know, everything that you want from a player that makes you watch the game and say, yeah, if I was playing, I'd want to play like her. She makes me want to play again. She plays right on the edge. I love it. I love the way she plays. Oh, I think, take that, take that. That's uh, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> so how is life? You're getting ready for another big season. Yeah, back in pre-season now. Um, the girls have, are back from the Euros and um, Rafa's back from Copa America as well. Um, so we're preparing to head to Germany um, on the weekend for a pre-season tour um, to kind of get all the team together to obviously prepare for the upcoming season, which, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to. We saw you, well, on Instagram, certainly, you were at quite a few of the Euros games. Were you supporting England? <laughs> 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 I was, uh, I Tell was the truth, Katie, or I'll show them the text messages. <laughs> oh, it's all coming out. <laughs> I was supporting my teammates. Um, <laughs> Beth, Lotta and Keith. Keith at the time, obviously, she's left us now. Um, but, yeah, do you know what? I was a big fan, obviously, being um, the footballer. Usually, you don't have time to go to games and... It was unbelievable to experience um, the Euros and just the atmosphere around the, the games and the fan zones and everything. It was, yeah, it was an unbelievable experience. I'm sure watching on, you're probably itching to be out there, to be involved. Yeah, that, uh, that time will, will come for us eventually um, for the Republic of Ireland. Obviously, it's something we've been trying to, um, to get to for the last number of years. Isn't that right, Emma? That's right, totally. Finland, 1st of September. Oh. That's the big one. Um, yeah, big one. So we'll have a sellout at um, Tala Stadium on the 4th of September. Um, and if we, if we beat Finland that night, we'll, we'll reach a, a World Cup playoff. Um, so yeah, getting, uh, getting prepared for that one coming up. We were just chatting here before you joined us, Katie, and we were chatting to Emma about 2017 and the stand that the team took. You would have been a very young player then. And Emma was saying it was quite tough for the young players to make a stand like that. What's your memory of that period? It feels like 20 years ago, we were saying, but it's very recent history. Yeah, for me, obviously, I was fresh in the squad. Um, I think I was about a year in, um, but it was a no-brainer for me. Emma was our captain at the time and knew exactly what the right thing to do was for the team. And evidently, it's gotten us to where we are today. Um, she put her neck on the line and, and took the stand and spoke in front of, like, a ton of journalists at the press conference that day and it was such a brave thing to do and 
for us, as I said, it's, it's putting us in a, posi- a better position now. Um, we've recently got our equal pay deal, um, but none of that wouldn't have happened um, if Emma hadn't took the, the stance she did. And of course, the whole team was going to back her a thousand percent on that as well. Yeah. It is incredible to, to see how far the game has come on, especially here in Ireland and even just the, the sponsorship around it. And one thing I've noticed recently is the, obviously the signs that are up, the marketing, and just sort of like a stone's throw away from your home house, there's a mural and you're actually up on the wall in this mural. Like that must be mad for you yeah, to see. My mom's, yeah, my mum's buzzing about that she was when it was. Yeah, they were all out getting pictures See with it. See my face every day. Yeah, they were. Um, but like, like, like you said, like what the, the work Sky are doing and Cadbury's are doing um, for the women's national team back home in Ireland, making us visible to, to young girls and young boys around the country. Um, the, the funding they're putting in as well is, is fantastic. So we need more of it. We need it to keep going. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously a fantastic thing to see. And it's inspiring lots of young girls and boys around the country. Uh, one in particular is your little sister. Um, I'm fond of her on, on Instagram. I follow her on all her tricks she does. She's obviously playing with rage <laughs> at the minute for Ireland. She's better than me. She's <laughs> pretty good. And yeah, she's- no, she's been, um, she's been obviously head down at the minute. Um, she got selected for the under-16s Ireland team. So they were down in Carlow the weekend playing a few games and our assistant coach at the senior team, Tom, is, is the head coach down there. So she's trying to get her foot in the door with him, trying to become her fa- his favourite player and that. Um, but no, she absolutely loves it. And just the what she has available to her now, like I didn't have that growing up at her age. And it's obviously we've, we've come a long way in Ireland. And obviously the FAI are, are doing a lot of great work at grassroots level too to try push that and, and push the level of participation um, in, in young girls in football. At club level, you're doing amazing things. You and Chelsea are having this real fight, certainly last season, it went down to the last day and you just missed out. I see Karen there. Me, me and Karen used to have a good go at each other on the pitch. Oh, there we go. Well, sorry, forget my question. Tell us about that. <laughs> she used to win. <laughs> no, I used to love coming up against Karen. She's pretty similar to me. Loves a good tackle, loves a good scrap, and loves a good yellow no, pants. So. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't love a good tackle. <laughs> you just compete yourself. But she loves against me. <laughs> Come on, Karen. <laughs> to be fair, we did add one little kerfuffle, um, but yeah. But we'll that's call your it. Irish blood, isn't it? That is, yeah. To be fair, we probably rubbed each other up the wrong way, but um, no. I still can't work out whether you're left back or left wing, but either way, you're a nightmare to play against, so uh, fair play to you. Emma, were, were Katie and Karen mouthy on the pitch? No, I don't think. Karen's quiet. It's her. She causes all the problems. <laughs> she never fights with yeah. anyone. Katie, I, I was talking to some of the, I'm not going to name the team, but another team in the WSL. And they were like, do you know Katie McCabe? Do you? I was like, yeah, of course. Oh, hey, her. <laughs> and I was like, what? Perfect. I was like, Katie's sound, like she's pure sound. No, no, can't stand her. I was like, that means she's a good player. Yeah, exactly. she's not wind. Exactly. Kate would wind you up. She's smart, so it's a great way as well. You can and see you... her enjoying it as well. Yeah. That's what I, which I, I enjoy. I want to know who that is. I mean, you need to, she's going Don't on worry, I'll text you later. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say as a player, Katie, you'd like to hear things like that. You're doing something right. 
I guess it's a backhanded compliment, I suppose. Um, <laughs> obviously, um, yeah, look, I, I like the, the battle, whether that's at left wing or left back. Um, yeah, it's, it's just once it's down the left for me, I'm all right. Um, but yeah, I like the battle and I like the challenge on the pitch. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned before, with Chelsea, went right to the wire last year. So we'll be looking to obviously, um, yeah, dissect last season and look to, to put it right again this season coming up. It's going to be tough. Everyone's strengthening all around the league as well. So, um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be looking to hopefully win a few trophies this year. And I guess there must be a huge focus on that Finland game as well. Yeah, completely. It's weird, actually, the international window's been played before the season actually starts. Um, but like that, we've, we've had some pre-season games, um, which is obviously great for the match fitness. And yeah, we'll be, we'll be raring to go for that game against Finland coming up. We had a tweet in. Somebody wanted to ask uh, how you got so good at set pieces. So I presume a lot of practice is the uh, short version. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, I was put on set pieces... I think well, Ireland pretty early on, Emma. I think you probably maybe remember that. And I always, I just like taking set pieces. Um, so I've always just kind of kept practicing it and making sure I can still hit it into a good area in the box. And then hopefully one of maybe Louise Quinn just heads to home. <laughs> well, listen, we hope we see that on September 1st. Um, thank you so much for calling in. This was great. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> and we'll see you in Tallaght. Katie McCabe, everyone. Thanks, Katie. All right. Thank you, Katie. Wow, that worked so well. That went surprisingly well, yeah. yeah. So come here, what does she say on the pitch to wind people up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, no, she was a nightmare to play against. And um, if you haven't seen some of her goals, there's, there's so many you could see yeah. that were just worldies. Um, now I just get the joy to watch her. But she was a nightmare to play against. But again, that's a compliment. That's what you, you don't want to play against good players that, you know, can... Do, do, do stuff to you yeah, that can yeah. really hurt you from the opponent's point of view, but brilliant player. By the way, Emma, we got a glance there from the current captain saying what a leader you were five years ago. I don't, maybe we don't all realise just what an amazing thing you did and drove it on in the stress, so it's great on a night like tonight that it gets mentioned. So Absolutely. Well done. Amazing. Uh, Reminder as well, the Koi Gig podcast is going strong. Our friends at Cadbury support that as well. So download the podcast and obviously lots of big games uh, coming up. One final round of applause for our brilliant guests here. And we'll see you in a couple of minutes. The OTB Football Roadshow in association with Cadbury FC.